Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you so very much for joining us as we take a look at the book. The book of Revelation is probably one of the key passages of Scripture as it relates to Bible prophecy. I have a five-hour audio series on CD that is available. You can purchase yours and have your own study through the book of Revelation. It's entitled, Walk Through Revelation. That's the title of the five-hour audio series. And right now, we're going to take a moment and listen to one of the segments on this CD audio series, Program of the Tribulation, Part 3. This is the scripture that deals with what happens at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. I'll tell you how you can get your own copy of Walk Through Revelation in just a moment, but right now let's take some time for our Bible study. Go to chapter 63 of Isaiah. There are two rhetorical questions here that will be answered by Jesus Christ himself. Chapter 63, verse 1. Here's the first question. Who is this that cometh from Edom? Now, that would be the lower part of modern-day Jordan. Who is this that cometh from Edom with thy garments from Basra? Basra is at the entrance to the headquartered city of Edom, and that would be the city of Petra, that impregnable city, that city that I believe in chapter 12 and verse 6 of Revelation has been prepared by God to protect the Jewish people in the last three and a half years. Uh, There will be two out of every three Jews killed during the tribulation period, Zechariah chapter 13 and verse 8. But one-third will be protected. They will come out of the tribulation, and they will turn to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so the question asked by Isaiah, the rhetorical question put forth, Who is this that cometh from Edom with thy garments from Basra, this that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength? Now that's the question. Jesus Christ gives the answer. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. He's the one coming from Petra. Look at verse 2. Here's the second rhetorical question. Wherefore art thou red in thy apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine vat? Remember the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verses 19 and 20. He goes without the city and treadeth the winepress with the wrath of Almighty God. Here's the answer to the second rhetorical question. It's verse 3 of chapter 63 of Isaiah. I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me, for I will tread them in mine anger, and trample them in my fury, and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all of my raiment. For the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. And so it is that Jesus Christ is the one who will tread the winepress with the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And the blood will flow out of the bodies of the animals and the men in that battle of Armageddon there in the Jezreel Valley. Oh, by the way, I mentioned that there would probably be, and this was a conservative figure, around a hundred different countries gathered there. And maybe their militias, their military armies would be consisting of about a million people, a hundred million people. Now, this is just a guesstimate. There is no figure in the scripture that gives us that. But I'm suggesting that might be the case. Well, if you have a hundred million soldiers, that gives you 600 million quarts of blood. And the blood has to flow 76 And the blood has to flow 176 miles, about as high as the horse's bridle. You can do the numbers as well as I can. If you look it up, you'll be able to see this will be a valley of blood extending for 176 miles. And the blood would be about 50 quarts 
per foot for that 176 miles. That's about as high as a horse's bridle. I believe that these passages of Scripture are literal. Oh, let me just tell you this. From the Jezreel Valley to the entrance of Petra is 176 miles. And so it is, Jesus Christ walks all the way from the battlefield of Armageddon. He goes over into Petra. He gathers up those Jews who he has protected for this period of time of three and a half years, and he brings them into Jerusalem. Go with me now to Ezekiel chapter 43. The book of Ezekiel chapter 43. Verse 1, And afterward he brought me into the gate, even to the gate that looketh toward the east, and behold, that, that would be the eastern gate, of course, and behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east, and his voice was like the noise of many waters, and the earth shined with his glory. His voice like the sound of many waters, that's Revelation chapter 1. Verse 4, And the glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate, whose prospect is toward the east. Now look at verse 7. And he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne, that would be the holy of holies there in the temple that Jesus Christ had built during the time that all of those soldiers were making their way up to the Jezreel Valley. And I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. Ever, as long as God is, he will dwell in Jerusalem in this temple, and my holy name shall the house of Israel no more defile, neither they nor their kings by their whoredoms, nor by their carcasses of their kings in their high places. And so Jesus Christ goes into the Holy of Holies, and he sets up his kingdom in the city of Jerusalem, which concludes this campaign of Armageddon. Zechariah 14, the armies gather there in Jerusalem to take on Jesus Christ as he returns with us out of the heavenlies back to the slopes of the Mount of Olives. Chapter 19, the heavens open up. He comes out because all of Jerusalem is surrounded and half the Jews are being raped or killed or the city is being destroyed. And so Jesus Christ comes back. He defeats these that are there in Jerusalem. They make their way up the valley all the way, about 97 miles to the Jezreel Valley. Meanwhile, Jesus will build his temple in Jerusalem. Zechariah chapter 6, verse 12, he establishes Jerusalem as the center focus of the state of Israel. 2,500 square miles, it's lifted up. And the Temple Mount, a square mile, it's lifted up. And this 21-story temple standing upon that. Then he goes to the Jezreel Valley. He opens his mouth like a sharp two-edged sword, comes out, and he casts the people dead. And then the blood flows as high as the horse's bridle for 176 miles. And Jesus walks that valley of blood from the Jezreel Valley all the way to Petra. He gathers his people, brings them back into the city of Jerusalem, up onto the Temple Mount. He goes into the Holy of Holies and he establishes his kingdom. By the way, just this thought for you to consider. All the Jewish feasts, and there are seven of them, according to the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, all the Jewish feasts will be fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Now, the first four feasts, the feast of the springtime, have been fulfilled by Jesus Christ. He was crucified on Passover. He was buried on unleavened bread. Then on first fruits, Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. And 50 years after first fruits, as Jesus promised, the Holy Spirit came. And so in the proper day sequences, Jesus Christ fulfilled those first four feasts, the feast in the spring. 
That means that Jesus Christ must fulfill the last three feasts, the fall feast, that will take place in the fall and do it in the proper day sequences. He will come back on the Feast of Trumpets. That's Rosh Hashanah. Now, that's not the rapture of the church. No, the rapture of the church has nothing to do with this feast, Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets. Matthew chapter 24, verse 31 says, When Jesus Christ comes back to the earth, he turns to the angel. He says, Blow the trumpet and call a solemn assembly. And so Jesus Christ returns to the earth on the Feast of Trumpets. Between the Feast of Trumpets and Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, it's a 10-day period. It's called the Awesome Days. And during that time in Jerusalem, Jesus will reconstruct the city of Jerusalem, reconstruct the Temple Mount, and then construct his temple. While these armies of Satan antichrist and false prophet make their way some 90 plus miles up to the Jezreel Valley to prepare for the mother of all battles, the battle of Armageddon. Jesus Christ will go up to that location. He will speak. They will all die. The blood flows as high as the horse's bridle for 176 miles over to Petra. He goes to Petra. He gathers in those Jewish survivors, one-third of all the Jews in the world today. That's about four million of them. And he brings them into Jerusalem, coming through the eastern gate, walking into the Holy of Holies, and setting down. By the way, you know what day that is? He does that It's Yom Kippur. It's the Day of Atonement. Remember, Jesus Christ, according to Hebrews, is the high priest, not after the order of Levi or Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek. Jesus Christ is the high priest, and he goes into the Holy of Holies. Hebrews chapter 9 says, In the past, on a yearly basis, the high priest would go into the temple on Yom Kippur, into the Holy of Holies. But it then says, now in the end of days, Jesus Christ goes in to the Holy of Holies. He's gone into the Holy of Holies at the temple in the heavenlies, which is the original. Of course, all items in the heavens are replicated on the earth. He will go into the Holy of Holies for the very first time on earth on Yom Kippur, a Yom Kippur in the future, after the battle of Armageddon has been completed, after he goes to Petra and gathers in the Jews, and he walks into the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur. Kippur. You remember, of course, that the Feast of Passover was for individual salvation. The Feast of Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, was for a national salvation, and all of the Jewish people shall be saved in a day. Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 9. In a day they come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and that day, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. There will be four days of judgment, judgment of the living Jews, judgment of the living Gentiles, a judgment of the resurrected Jews, and judgment of Satan, Antichrist, and false prophet. And after those four days of judgment, then the millennial kingdom begins, and that is on the day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And so Jesus Christ will fulfill all seven of the Jewish feast days on the proper day sequences. And this is how this all plays out the campaign of Armageddon. Well, this brings us to a conclusion of lesson number four as we study through the book of Revelation. Next time we get together, we're going to see how Satan will be bound for a thousand years. The millennial kingdom will unfold. The great white throne judgment will take place. And then new heavens, new earth, and a new Jerusalem. That's all in our study next time we get together. I hope that you've come to a conclusion that indeed we are quickly approaching the time of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But as I talked to you about the campaign of Armageddon, I was I was very much concerned, a mixed emotion running through my system. I'm excited about the fact he's coming back. We know he is the victor, and he will set up his kingdom, and we will rule and reign with him. But at the same time, I have lost loved ones. Maybe you do as well. And they, if they do not receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and are still alive after Jesus Christ comes back, they go through the tribulation period. If they don't trust in Christ, they will be at that battle of Armageddon to be destroyed. So there's a mixed emotion. There's a, an excitement, a joy because of he being the victor. But there's that sadness for our loved ones who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This should drive us to our knees to pray for them. Dear Father, I pray for all of those who do not know Christ that may be a dear friend or a loved one for anyone listening to this study today. We know it's not your will, Second Peter chapter 3, that any should perish, but all should come to the knowledge of the faith. And I pray that indeed will happen. Thank you very much for joining us for this study of Revelation, lesson number four, lesson number five, upcoming next. We look forward to getting together with you to study and conclude our study on the book of Revelation. Thank you so very much for joining us as we've taken a look at the book, in particular the book of Revelation, and part three of the tribulation, what's going to happen at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. This is all part of a five-hour audio series on CD entitled Walk Through Revelation. You need to have your own copy. I do not go numerically through the book of Revelation. I teach it chronologically, which is the only way you'll really understand this prophetic passage of Scripture. The book of Revelation, it's a must-study if you're a student of prophecy. You can call our toll-free number and get your copy of Walk Through Revelation the audio series by calling 877-674-3298. Now that's a toll-free number from across America. That's 877-674-3298. By the way, you can go to our website and get a copy of this series as well. Prophecytoday.com is our address on the website. Go to our shopping mall and order your copy of Walkthrough Revelation a five-hour audio series on CD on the book of Revelation. I'm so glad that you could join us. And I guess, you know, as we study Revelation, we become more and more aware of the fact that Jesus Christ could come for the rapture of the church at any moment. Before all of the tribulation begins, he shouts, the archangel shouts, the trumpet God sounds, and we're caught up to be with him. By the way, that rapture could happen at any moment. And having said that, there's nothing left for me to say except let's keep looking up until...